Welcome back to Cold Miracle. I'm Chris Coleman, the host, hence the name of the show. Back here again today. First off, I gotta start out. I apologize. I told y'all last week. I promise I'll do one before the playoff games. I promise I'll get one this weekend. And I didn't. I didn't do it. And I owe you an apology for that, and I'm sorry. Uh, you just got the one last week. I didn't make my picks. Uh, and you're welcome because I didn't. <laughs> I mean, look, I, I didn't do terrible. Uh, I Obviously, I had the Eagles. I mean, come on. That was a gimme. That was a free one. Take the Eagles. Uh, come on. You know, you take San Fran. They won. Okay, that's easy. I have Buffalo. I did, I did, I did. I have Buffalo. I don't like Joe Burrow. Uh, I'm not a fan. Hey, right, look. The guy went to Ohio State and then LSU. You combine those two, you think it's somebody I'm going to be a fan of? Come on. You know me better than that. And then, uh, I hate that Ohio State fans try to claim him like he's one of theirs. Some you know, Alabama fans claim Jalen, but let's, let's look. Joe Burrow only played in 10 games total. Got into 10 games. Ty Simpson played for five, played in five for Alabama last year. <laughs> you see where I'm at? That's, that's like his role. Jalen Hurts was the SEC freshman player of the year. Jalen Hurts was, uh, he did a lot of things uh, at Alabama. He was like 36-2 and two as a starter. Uh, took us to a national title game that he lost, uh, one of his two losses. But, eh, I'll put that all on him. I mean, that was on that defense. You remember that. Oh, we scored too early. No, we didn't. We had the lead <laughs> and, and lost it. Um, he, he scored with enough time for us to win the game. But uh, then, uh, you know, he he obviously took us to another national title game where uh, Tua relieves him at the half. But it wasn't just Tua that came in for Jalen. We, we also, you know, the receivers of Judy and Ruggs and them that nobody knew who they were, they came in that game. Najee Harris came in that game. But the big thing was, Tua being left-handed, it flipped the left tackle. That was Leatherwood's first start because the injury, uh, I think it was Cotton, they got injured in the in the Sugar Bowl, the semifinal against Clemson, that Jalen Hurts was MVP of. <laughs> it's just like, okay, yeah, hold on. Let's not compare these. I think we have a right to claim Jalen Hurts where they, they come on. Joe Burrow has said, you know, I credit Ohio State with my development, you know, a lot of my development. Of course. What else is he going to say? I mean, he could say some other things, but it would be nice. Anyway. Um, <laughs> yes, but it, I, I, did not, I did not have Cincinnati. Uh, I have Buffalo, so I missed that one. The over-unders. Ooh, buddy. They were not good to, they were not good to me. They were not good to me. I thought we'd see some points, and we like he did in the first rounds, and we didn't. <laughs> that was tough. Uh, yeah, so there's that. Anyway, uh, we are going to go ahead and look ahead to this weekend. I know it's Tuesday. I don't care. Uh, I can't promise I'll have time for another one. Uh, you know what? Let me just go ahead and explain first. I blame my staff. 
Yeah, it's my fault. I told y'all I would do it. I didn't do it. But I blame the staff. And let me explain what I mean by that. See, I had a meeting with the staff. And then I told the staff. I was like, guys, y'all see me advertising that we're hiring. And I'll explain this to you that somebody, one of my old bosses uh, explained it to me. And sports analogies typically resonate with me. But he told me, he said, you know, I mentioned to him, I was like, hey, I saw your advertising for bartenders. Are you getting rid of some or what's going on? He went, well, let me put it to you this way. If you're an NFL starting quarterback and on draft day, you're watching the draft. And in the first round, they take a quarterback. You might want to get out in the yard and start throwing the ball and start working, you know, working out. It's obviously they're looking to replace you. All right. And that's the way I've always looked at it. You're advertising for my job? I got to step my game up. I got to do what it takes. I got to, you, you're going to see me advertising. You're going to see me trying to bring people in. You're going to see me doing the job to the best of my abilities, which ain't bad. It's not the best ever, but it ain't bad. You're going to see me doing that extra cleaning. You know, whatever it takes. All right? Now, number two. On that. On that with the, the staff. When I book bands, I told them this. When I book bands, I either book people that are really good, really talented. They entertain the crowd. You know, they, they do their job. They do what I pay them to do. Or they bring people. I don't care how you sound if you bring people. You fill the bar up, I don't care what you sound like. I'm not doing record deals. <laughs> you know? So that's where I'm at on it. Bartenders are the same. Ooh, what? Either you're good. Either you talk to people, you engage with the customers, you, you make the drinks correctly in timely fashion, you're doing everything, you're doing the job right. Or you bring you have a lot of friends and you bring them in. If you can do both, that's awesome. But th there's not a lot to do both, to be honest. So if you don't do either one, what good are you? I talked to the staff about that. You know what they did? They went right on doing their job exactly the same as they had been doing it. Which some of them on the staff are excellent and doing really good jobs and yeah, love them for it. And we're doing well. Some of the others, not so much. So you know what? This week, I hired four new uh, bartenders. Four. This is a very small bar. Four. I also hired a new door girl. That'll be 21 in a couple of weeks. And guess what? Probably get to bartend then. And then I hired a new door guy. Wow, that sounds like a whole staff. Hmm. We'll see if that resonates with them. It'll definitely resonate whenever they're scheduled. And, and that's what's weird is I go, you're only going to get shift or two a week with all these people. And most of them are like, okay, that's fine. That's all I want. It's like they don't need a job. Like they don't need money. I'm too poor for all that. I need to work. Let's go. Anyway, you got Clay Moore said at one time, he goes, he goes, you got to hire people that are hungry. Yeah, not wrong. You're not wrong. 
All right, so anyway, back to this. NFL coming up this weekend. You got 49ers, Eagles at 2 p.m., and then at 7.30, Bengals, Chiefs. First off, let's start out with this. Eagles, 49ers is exactly what it should be. These are the two best teams in the NFC. They have been all season. That one played out exactly right. All right? There's no doubt in my mind those two teams should be there. There's no Cinderella in this story. These are the two best teams. Eagles are a two-and-a-half-point favorite. They're at home. This is East Coast, West Coast. This is Philadelphia and San Francisco. Could two cities be more opposite? Other than the slogan, City of Brotherly Love, which San Francisco should definitely have as their slogan instead of Philadelphia. And that's for a different reason. Um, <laughs> then there's, Wow. Uh, yeah, it's night and day. And, look, I'm with the Eagles. I'm with the Eagles. I'm taking the over again. I'm with the Eagles. Purdy, if, uh, for those of you on social media, y'all have all seen it by now. It came across that Nick Saban told him he was too short, didn't have the arm strength, blah, blah, blah. And that's been a post that has gone viral in the past, I don't know, 24 hours all over social media. Do your homework. You idiots out there that just read something off the internet and go, oh, Nick Saban said that. Actually, one of the scouts from Alabama told Nick Saban that, and Nick Saban told Purdy what the scouting report was on him when he came here for a visit. If Nick Saban truly believed that, do you think he would have still offered him a scholarship? They leave that part out. Because, uh, look, if you want to try and bring Saban down to boost up your story that even the great Nick Saban doubted me, I was Mr. Irrelevant, I was nobody, okay. That's what you need to boost up your story? Sure. Nick don't care. Nick ain't seeing it. Nick's over there working. Nick's trying to decide if Jalen Milner or Ty Simpson is going to be the starting quarterback next year. And let me tell you, that's going to be a battle this spring. I'm going to, I'm going to go on a tangent here. I'm glad that I don't have to make the decision. I'm glad that Nick Saban is making that decision. I don't know who the OC is going to be. don't know who the DC is going to be. A lot of names being thrown around. Mm. Jalen Milner definitely has the experience over Ty. Ty got in, what, five games last year? You know, didn't get a whole lot of passes because he got in when we were way up. Third on the depth chart. But Milro, his passing efficiency was not the best. Oh, he's a horse. The fact that he worked out with the wide receivers for the bowl game, I don't want to read too much into that. I don't want to read too much into that. But he did. That's that's fact. He did. So it's going to be interesting. And I know A Day is going to be worse than normal because all these sidewalk fans are going to come in and go, let me tell you, I, did, I went to A Day. And I saw it live. This suit started to me. You watched one practice out of 20. That's awesome. I mean, that's just phenomenal. But it is what it is. You know, that's, that's Nick Saban's job. He'll make that choice, not me. 
I don't have to do that. Anyway, so moving right along, back to the NFL. You should know I took San Fran to win the NFC before the playoffs started. Not because I thought that they were the best team in the NFC. It was an odds. It's an odds thing. Um, before the playoffs started, they were plus 180. And so I went, okay. So I got them at plus 180. Now I can take the Eagles. little mini hedge, not really, but a little mini hedge on it. I'm going to come out on top yet again. Now the AFC, and the AFC, the man, yeah, I just told you, I don't like Cincinnati. I like some of their players, obviously. I don't like, now I hate the Bengals as a franchise. I don't like Joe Burrow. I took Kansas City to win the AFC. All right? And now I'm sitting here looking at the Bengals minus one and a half, going, this is, yeah, I could hedge this easy. But I don't want to. I want to take the Chiefs. I want to take the Chiefs at home. This one's for Gracie. I love you, Gracie. Call me back. She won't do it. Gracie Hunt, hit me up. Anyway, uh, we'll, we'll leave that for later. I also like the over in this game. I do, 46 and a half. This game is in Arrowhead. It's in Kansas City. Okay? So let's point out real quick. NFL always brags about their parity, right? Y'all hear about that all the time. Oh, the NFL has so much parity. They have so much parity. This is the fifth straight year that the AFC Championship game has been in Kansas City. What? Yeah, that's right. You heard me. Mm. Tell me more about your parity. Your parity? Go to Major League Baseball. Oh, oh, yeah. That's some parody for you. You've had a lot of different champions over the past year. I'm not going to go into all that. But anyway. Oh, yeah. Also, if you want parody, do not look at college football. Uh, <laughs> 16 of the last 17 national champions come within a small, like there's a small circle on the map. I shared this earlier. They, uh, in the southeastern corner, you can circle, and it covers 16 of the last 17 national champions. Basically, it goes from Clemson, South Carolina, over to Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and it, co- it encompasses part of Florida. <laughs> you know, it's like, eh, yeah, that's that's it. There it is. Hmm. All right, now I'm going to give you all a couple of soccer picks real quick. Uh, tomorrow, Newcastle, it's FA Cup. I don't know if you'll hear this in time. It's at 2 p.m. on Tuesday. Uh, but Newcastle, minus 130, love that. Manchester United against Nottingham Forest. Manchester's minus 150. They've let me down the last two games. Uh, getting the draw against Crystal Palace, gave up a goal in the 91st minute. They tie one to one. Uh, that hurt. And then... They give up a goal in the 91st minute this uh, Sunday to uh, Arsenal to drop that one. So that one that one hurt my feelings even more because it was freaking Arsenal. Ugh. Anyway, but I, I, I love United. I love the way they're playing right now. 
<laughs> Nottingham Forest, are you kidding me? A draw and a loss in their last two after they have won 70 into their previous 18? Yeah, I love United in that game. We're, we're dropping the hammer. Hammer drop. So that's where we're at on that. Now, let's shift gears. Mm. What do y'all say we jump on over to the NHL? It's been going for a while. And here we are. Around the halfway point of the season. I mean, they're, they're a little past it because they're right around 49, 50 games played. And they play 82. So they're, they're over halfway, but just barely. Let's take a look. We're going to start out in the Western Conference. You got the Stars on top. I mean, they're 28-13. You got the, the Jets right behind them. But they have eight overtime losses, the Stars do. The Jets are 31-16-1. And, one, and they're, uh, they're sitting in second. Uh, you got the Wild, then the Avalanche, the Predators, the Blues, the Coyotes. And oh, down there in last place, that's the Blackhawks. Trolling along, just being terrible. In the, that's in the uh, Central Division. In the Pacific, the Vegas Golden Knights, they're on top. 29-17-2, uh, and two, they've been good. You got the Kraken. The Seattle Kraken. 27-14-5. Uh, the Kings... Sitting up there, then the Oilers, Flames, Canucks, Sharks, and Ducks. Yeah, those Ducks are uh, not really flying too well right now. Over in the uh, Eastern Conference in the Atlantic Division, you got the Bruins, 37-5-4 on top. They look good. Uh, the Maple Leafs, 29-11-8. Then the Lightning, never count them out, right? Sabres, Panthers, Red Wings. Senators and Canadians in the Metropolitan Division. The Hurricanes have climbed their way up to the top now. Uh, they're 29-9-8 uh, through 46 games played. The Devils, who started out on fire, are now 30-12-4, uh, only two points behind the Hurricanes. Then you got the Rangers, uh, the Capitals hanging in there uh, at 56 points. Uh, then the Penguins, Islanders, Flyers, and the Columbus Blue Jackets. We do like seeing Columbus down there at the bottom. So, there's your NHL. That's where we're at. Uh, college basketball. A lot of people are a little irritated. Alabama did not get the number one based off their streak of schedule and yada, yada, yada. You can, you can make it a lot of different cases for a lot of different things. Look, I'm glad we did. I've said this in December. I'm going to say it again. I don't care about being number one right now. I want to be number one the first weekend in April. That's when I want to be number one, okay? Can't be hot at the right time going into the tournament. We're the last SEC team that's undefeated. Our team is great. Brandon Miller is the best player in college basketball, the freshman. You know, uh, it, it's, it's coming together. What Nate Oates is doing is amazing. And... Would being ranked number one help out with recruiting and the program? Probably so. And I'm, but you know what? Whatever it takes to keep driving this team, uh, I'm okay with. So let's do that. Um, the uh, and there, there's a lot of good teams out there in college basketball. That UConn loss is not looking as good right now. Uh, now that you know they they've dropped a few, you know whatever. But Purdue are they are they? Uh, I don't know. Nah, they got the big guy. They play a lot of white dudes. It's weird. <laughs> it's, it's, but it's what it is. 
Um, it's Purdue. Anyway, Houston, good team. I couldn't believe. And they were an 18-point favorite when they went down the other night. No, I mean, that, I was like, oh, that line's big. It's hard to go against it. I'm not touching that. And I didn't touch it because I was like, I felt like the line was too big, but I also felt like Houston could cover it. And they lost the game. In hindsight, it's like, what was that money line? Yeah, it wasn't one listed on my site. But anyway, 18-point favorite. You know, could have taken the points. Slept through that. Yeah, <laughs> like, this is easy. But anyway, it is what it is. Um... As you go into college basketball, you got to look for trends. you got to look for streaks. Right now, Kansas is on a downward spiral. Last week, I liked them on Tuesday against K-State on the road, and they get crushed. So I went against them this weekend. Good thing because they lost again. And now tonight, they were a two-point dog at Baylor. I was like, nah, we got to roll with Baylor now. You know, I was like, they're, they're, they're trending in the wrong direction. And at Baylor in Waco, it's not the easiest place to go play. And Baylor gets them. You know, they handle it. I did take Kansas second half. Uh, but, you know, you had to go, you had to go with Baylor. Um, that was a good hit. Good, good game. Great game. All the way around. Um, I will, now let's get into what you all really tuned in to do. Right now, some of y'all have been fast-forwarding and going, when is he going to do it? When is he going to talk about it? And he's talking about, action, you know, professionals. What is he doing? We're here for T-Town Dart League. Well, you know what? Let's talk about some T-Town Dart League. And I will tell you, currently right now, if you go to the website and look at the standings, it's 100% accurate correct, but not really. Because the Dartman Cometh and the Dart side played tonight. Monday night, they played. uh, Dart side had a couple of players that were going to be out on Tuesday. Uh, the nocturnal team was kind enough to come down and uh, talk to them. So I'm going to go or come down and talk to them. Come down and play them. Um, I'm going to go back to last week and give you some scores and stuff. Uh, running through those. Third Dark Magic beat the Dark side 10-2 to uh, over at the Red Shed. Third Dark Magic my team's good. Yeah, it's a good team. The Dartman cometh. That's who we played. Uh, we went down to Nocturnal. They beat us eight to four. The upside on that is that's not as bad as the ten to two thrashing they gave us the season before. But uh, the downside was we. Yeah, uh, I mean that's a good team. They're they're so good. They're so sound. Uh, no smoking inside Nocturnal. Uh, Aaron. Um, <laughs> I kid. I kid. But no, they're they're a fun group to play against. Uh, you know, me, Evans, Tyler, Claire, Chris, uh, and they're good at what they do. Um, and there were a couple of games where, yeah, we had shots at outs and didn't hit them, but in the pro shoot, nah, Evans and me just whipped me and Wallen. You know, there wasn't a whole lot we could do in that one. They were, they were on it by then. Uh, Watch My Smoke beats the Hounds 2 7 to 5 and came down to the pro shoot. They were 5 to 5 and Tui and the boys pulled it out and watched my smoke. Uh, I think that's 43 now, 43, 44. I'm sure consecutive losses for the Houndstooth. Uh, but that team is getting closer and closer and closer to that win. And, you know, Sam Williams has been throwing really well. 
that, that team leading that team uh, they're, they're not they're not bad here's one for you short shafts and sticky tips uh, Mallory and them they beat five and a half men Shane's team uh, Shane Cole Wee Man Smiley uh, RG uh, Ryan that works at Redshed uh, beat them nine to three last week uh, Mallory beat Shane in singles in 01 uh, that's a good win uh, they're, they're throwing good this short shaft team is uh, they're coming to play apparently um, the New Dark Order that's uh, the Galette's younger team yes uh, Ryan, Chris, Ant uh, Hoss, Jordan all of them they are uh, they went into hoppers and won nine to three and that's a team that, you know, they, they lost to Nocturnal 8-4 in week one. Okay, but Ryan was there also and threw out of his mind. He threw great. All right, they dropped that one. They turn around in week two, go into Hoppers. I told you all last week, those are two good teams, both coming off losses. It'd be interesting to see how they reacted. And New Dark Order came correct. 9-3. Uh, the Wheelhouse team that now has Allen, the new Robert. Uh, they they uh they went down two galettes and the over the hill gang Sam Adams team uh, wheelhouse beat them twelve to zero uh, just skunked it and that's that's gonna be a team to be reckoned with out of wheelhouse this season so there you are now if you go to the standings they're gonna it's gonna be different because the Dartman cometh they beat the dart side. Eight to four tonight, or uh, Monday night. Those scores, those stats, they're already put in, and so the website's automatically updated. Uh, the commissioner was on top of it tonight, sitting in the office, and went ahead and put all that in. So right now, if you look at the standings, you see it, you're going to go, "Wow, they're way ahead." Nah, well, they got a game in hand. All the others will be played tomorrow, and by Wednesday, the standings will be legitimately what they are. I'm not saying. Dartman won't still be on top. They might. I don't know. Depends on how these goes. Looking at the games for Tuesday night. Uh, short chest and sticky jips. I told you. Coming off their huge win. 9-3 uh, last week. Andrew Rutherford, Mallory, all them. They will be coming down too unique to play my team, Darts United. Um, I get it. I see this team. See where they're at. They're good. They gave us a fight last year in the regular season. They gave us another fight in the semifinals of the tit. Uh, we got out of there with wins both times, but we got to come correct. You can't. It's sitting like you know third dark magic that shows up and just you know whips. You know, you got to mentally focus on everything and uh, do all the little things right uh, to get this win. This is gonna this is gonna be a tough match. Uh, Wheelhouse is at home playing. Watch my smoke. Tui, Matt Jones, Sonya. Uh, Wayne. Sides. That's trying to remember the other one. They will go down. That's watch my smoke. They will go down to Wheelhouse and play them. That's going to be a, a good match there. You can bet that Tui and Matt Jones and the boys will be fired up for that one. Uh, Allen and them can throw. Allen against Tui and Cricket can be a really good match. Tui's on. Look out. Oh, he, he can play. No, that's gonna be that's gonna be a good match there. Uh, third Dark Magic will be on the road down at Galette's. Woody, you got some customers. 
sending a couple of bar owners, a couple of bar managers, the sound guy for all of Tuscaloosa. Uh, he's, he's more than that. Uh, he's one of the best players in the league. So the third dark magic is coming down to visit the New Dark Order. That's going to be a, a good match there. Those two teams, uh, New Dark Order beat Third Dark Magic in the last week of the regular season last year, knocking them from the three seed to the four seed. And then Third Dark Magic, you know, the next week had to turn around and play them again at Redshed, and Third Dark Magic eliminated them from the playoffs. So they both have have some, you know, they, they're getting to know each other. Um, the over-the-hill game from Galettes will be on the road, obviously. They will be going to the Red Shed to play Shane and them five and a half men. Shane and them coming off that 9-3 loss. Uh, Over-the-hill game coming off the 12-0 loss. Uh, it's going to be resilient time. You know, who's going to stand up, come back this week and say, no, that wasn't really us. You know, we're better than that. And see what they can do. Uh, Sam Adams has been throwing really well this season. Uh, been throwing well in a lot of the tournaments. Uh, it's it's going to be... If he gets matched up with Wee Man in singles 0-1, that could be a really fun match. That could be a really fun match right there. Uh, hope that we all get to see that one. Then you got the Houndstooth. Uh, they're on the road again. Going to Hoppers. Hoppers, the four-time defending champions. Week one, they dropped. They lost 7-5. Last week, uh, they, they lose again 9-3. You know they're going to be hungry. Steven, Trout. Captain West, you know, uh, Drew Rhodes, now Kenny Owens, their newest member. Uh, they're not going to be messing around. This is going to be, this is worst case scenario for the Houndstooth. That's been getting better and better as far as, uh, as far as getting closer to getting that first win. Yeah, uh, a match win. And now you're going into the four-time defending champs that started the season slow, that have dropped their first two matches. Good luck. Nobody wants to be in your shoes of going in there to play them right now. Uh, I think that Elena's on shafts. Steven, Steven will pick that team. Him and Drew Rhodes, uh, Wes, they'll, they'll, they'll pick that team up. And I wouldn't be surprised if one of their players was player of the week this week because they'll come correct. So there's where you're at in, uh, in T-Town Dart League for week three. Now the singles league, uh, you can go to that. You can look at the standings. And that's really skewed. Uh, there's bye weeks involved for each team. Uh, right now, I mean, if you look at the East, Meat doesn't have a point. Because he had a bye in week one. He hasn't played his week two match yet. So he's sitting in last place with zero points. I'm willing to bet anybody out there, he'll be in the top four and make the playoffs. Currently on top of the East, by the way, bet she has nine points. Nick Chichester has eight. Sam Hall has eight. Hoss was seven. Kevin Breen was seven. Drew Rhodes with four. Obviously, they played one game. Matt with four. Kenny with four. Wes Smith with three. And Kyle Oglesby with two. So, as they play more, we'll see. Uh, just like in the, uh, in the Western Division, uh, Andy Caldwell had to withdraw. Uh, he's who I played in week one. Uh, my score changed from the five points that I got to four because Andy's withdrawal, every game that is played, it becomes a 4 a zero forfeit. So all of his all season will be a 4 forfeit. So I have four points. Uh, week two, I had a bye. 
Uh, I played my week three tonight, and I got a 4-3 win, so I'm sitting on eight. Ryan's on top with 13. Sonya has 11 after her huge win over Wayne uh, this past week, uh, week two. Um, I think that was week two. Uh, ben Lowe's sitting there with nine. Tui's with eight. Like I said, I'm with eight. Sam Williams with eight. JJ's with eight. Wayne's with seven. Matt Jones is six. And Will's at four. Uh, Will had the buy in week two, so he's only played one match also. So, uh, Will's had a buy. I had a buy. Uh, I'm not sure who the week three is, but all the others you'll see all season long. Those will be a little bit different. Anyway, it's a lot of fun. Uh, we're here at Unique. I, I made a change. Made a change this week. Uh, I, I doubt everybody's noticed it on social media. They will notice it this weekend. Our acoustic acts that we have been doing, you know, 10 o'clock, they'll close. And the younger kids are in here then, man. And honestly, they don't want to hear slow acoustic. They want upbeat. They want fun. Especially, you know, Friday night, Saturday night. Come on, you know, let's go. And so I had the guys going for about 30 minutes. Then we had to play house music 30 minutes like that. Really break up their sets. And I went, nah, nah, let's just do it. So we pulled the trigger, talked with Mac. Uh, and he was in agreement. Uh, so a lot of the staff has talked to me about how they're, they're happy about this decision. Uh, hopefully it works out well. But the acoustic acts will now go from 8 or 8.30 to 11 or 11.30 at the latest. And uh, they'll be early. They'll still take their breaks. We'll still have house. But then for the rest of the night, you know, 11, 11.30 to close, it's just house music, you know. And it's just fun, upbeat music. So we're going to have a good time. Uh, the darts, obviously, we have our tournament on Thursday that's singles. And on uh, Sunday that's blind draw teams. Now, the Thursday singles, we added in a bounty to that. That's right. We're bounty hunting. At the Thursday night door tournament, what we do is whoever the winner was the previous week, first week, Alan won. All right, Alan won it. So we go in, we come in last Thursday, and whoever beats him and puts him in the loser's bracket gets half a bounty. But if you eliminate him, you get the full bounty. All right, now what does a bounty matter? At the end of four or five weeks, everybody that has a bounty, their name goes in the hat. Your name goes in with how many bounties you have, right? And then we'll draw out for prizes, whether it be bar tabs or gift cards or you know, merch, whatever it is, uh, you, we draw out for prizes. We still keep up with all of them, and it goes through uh, to where at the end of the year we'll draw for bigger prizes. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but it's just a new fun little twist we added to it. On top of the cash money you can win, you know, from playing in the tournament. Uh, first, second, third, and the high dart out all pay out. Now, this past week, Allen came in wearing the bounty. Ryan from Galette's. Oh, I told you. One of the new kids from New Dart Order. Ryan beats him, puts him in the loser's bracket. And I was there in the loser's bracket. And so I went ahead and collected a bounty for myself. Now, I know what you're thinking. Well, Coleman, Wayne won the tournament last week. What if he wins again? Wayne gets the bounty. If the winner that's wearing the bounty wins the tournament again, repeats, they not only get first place, they not only get the first place money, they also get the bounty. And if anybody can do it, it could be Wayne. He's 
He's one of my favorites to watch in the league. I hate playing against him. He's my kryptonite, but he's good. Mm. Great player, better person. That's probably the best thing you can say about him. Uh, I do want to briefly mention, and not to, not to bring the show down a lot, uh, one of our teammates that I played soccer here with at Bama, probably easily the best player I ever played with at any team, any level, anywhere, uh, Ross Como, uh, tragically passed away uh, this past week at, uh, in Nashville where he lived in Brentwood. Um, I don't have, I, all I have are the newspaper stories, so of course it's not, you don't have the full story of what happened, but he was in an automobile accident. Um, he was in the ambulance. Apparently he got out of the ambulance and was walking across the road to go to his car and got hit by an 18-wheeler. And I don't know how any of that happens. I don't know how you don't see the ambulance and the lights or police or whoever. And I don't know how he's allowed to get out of an ambulance and walk across the street. I, I don't get any of it. But it happened. And, uh, you know, he had two children, was married. And uh, it, it's, it's, it sucks. There's no other word for it. You know, it's... It's tragic. It was awful. Um, I messaged with a lot of old teammates over the weekend while I was here working. Uh, a lot of texts, a lot of calls. Uh, a lot of, in, in one of our groups, our fantasy football league, is a lot of our old teammates. And so that grouped me. Uh, a lot of us were sharing stories. And I, I talked about, you know, uh, when Ross was here at Bama with me, uh, a lot of days, most days after practice, me and him would stay and play one-on-one, -on -one, and we'd just go at it. And he'd kill me. Yeah, he was good. He was so good. The guy, he was an All-American at UAH. He had a giant poster size, like bigger than poster, blown-up picture of Pele presenting Ross with his All-American award that, that was above his bed, and that was really cool. But, uh... Yeah, so this guy, this guy can play. He played A League, which is like minor league for the MLS up in Nashville. Uh, it's like the next league down below, right below MLS. Um, he was MVP of that league. He was MVP of the All Star game in that league. Like he can play. Mm. But me and him would stay after, and we would just go at it one on one. You know, usually a couple of hours after practice. I was young. I was in shape. You know, and. Then afterwards, you know, go home, shower, change, eat dinner. We'd meet up. We'd go out. And we'd get to the bar and be around some of the guys and, you know, some girls around and stuff. And I'd just start talking so much trash about how, yeah, y'all should have stuck around and watched me whip Ross today. You know, and he would always just laugh and go along with me. Yeah, I just can't beat Coleman. I don't know what it is. You know, I just can't do it. He's too good. He's too good. You know, and uh, he's always just so much you know, it's so humble, so much fun to be around. Uh, Zach Crawford shared a great story about the two of them, and yeah, there were quite a few others, but uh, they, they did as well. But they uh, a lot of lot of lot of people gonna miss that guy, you know. And I I keep his. It's been a few years since I even spoke to him, but uh, it's, you feel it, you know, you feel it, and. I feel terrible for his wife and kids and you know, his whole family. 
uh, definitely keep them in our thoughts and prayers and you know, everything. And uh, some of the guys on the team, they kept up with him that were still really close with them. Obviously, I spoke with them. And uh, hopefully, they're, they're doing okay. If any of them ever need me, they know they can reach out, and I'm here. But I wanted to mention him here on the show as this happened because Ross was, uh, was all-time, man. He was all-time. And so there's, you know, there's that. Uh, <laughs> that that will end the show. Then I'll uh, give you a sad story and depressed you. Uh, it is after midnight. It is uh, now you know, close to 1 a.m. I closed a little early tonight because we were slow and it's cold outside. There weren't a lot of people out. I went, we're done. So uh, I'm going to go home, get some rest, get ready for T-Town Dark League Tuesday night. My favorite night of the week. We're going to have a lot of fun. I got a little bit to do tomorrow. I did ABC today. I did Sam's today. I got so much. Got trained two new bartenders. Started their training. One day of training. But, you know, we got a lot accomplished. More to accomplish tomorrow. My favorite moment every day is when I come in and I set the POS. And then I go to that back office and I hit clear. And it clears out. No matter what the numbers were the day before, it goes to zero. You know, and some days you're sitting there looking at it and going, man, that was a great night. Yeah, all right, now it's a zero. Let's do it again. Some nights you see it, it was a bad night. And you go, it wasn't great. And you go, nah, we're better than that. Let's go. You know, not again. And it's just like clearing the scoreboard. At the beginning of the game, it's at zeros. Who's going to win? Us or the customers? Well, game on tomorrow. Game, the game starts every day at Unique at 2 p.m., uh, Monday through Friday, earlier on the weekends. Uh, so come by, join us, play in a dark tournament, watch the sports, enjoy some of these delicious drinks that we have, good wholesome family entertainment all around. Come by and see me. Anyway, I want to thank all y'all for listening. I sincerely appreciate it. As always, I will leave you with this. Shoot to score. Play to win. And when you get married, Make for damn sure that you are the ugly one. Thanks for listening.